0: We have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's still Julie Omri! And that might do it for Arsenal now! Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at PurelyArsenalFP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts.
1: Welcome to another episode of a purely Arsenal sit-down podcast. I'm here with my regular Neil Shah to discuss a six-nil hammering of West Ham. Absolutely fantastic stuff, Neil. How are you?
0: I'm good. It's a bit disappointed we didn't get the seven. So I think our tests are out right for that reason. Terrible substitutions. Yes. Bad, well, it been,
1: sorry to interrupt you. It would have been uh, our seven-seven. Am I right in saying seven-nil would have been our biggest ever? Mm. A record um away yeah. record. But top six right. nil is matching the one in sure. twenty thirty-five or something. So but it's somewhere. our top one in the Premier League as far yes. as I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Still still some record, mate. And even you, your optimistic side, I don't think even you predicted a six-nil. No, no, no. And that was it was it was pretty mega. I was gonna go with West Hamard. For the, for the name. But, um, I thought, I thought that was, I was, I thought I was, that was kind of short and sweet, but then I thought other people might use it. So I passed it over my dad and I said, you know, what do you reckon? He said, deck lands, hammer blow. And I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. We like that a little bit of Declan Bryce in there. So we'll do yeah. that. Declan's hammer blow, but fantastic. But well, let's get into it. Neil, six deal. Um, the aftermath of the Liverpool game, lots was talked about, about the celebrations. Oh, we've gone over it. Um, hmm. But also, really, what's more specific than that sort of ridiculous conversation that the media decided to have was it is quite hard sometimes to come off of a really big victory, which it was. It was a huge victory, put us back into the mixer, if you like, with the front of the right at the top of the table, Um, to then go on to another game, which is another really tough game. Now, I mean, West Ham were sixth or seventh, I think, going into this game. You know, they're they're, they're on a you know a, a difficult run recently, but. Having a very good season. They had a lot of their players back from, you know, um, AFCON and things like that. Kudos came back. Piqueta was the only one out. Whereas we, we had a lot of players out for this game. I had a few concerns for the lineup, to be honest, or more for the squad, because, I mean, we'd found out. Uh, an hour before, that Zinchenko was still out, Tomiyasu somehow hadn't made the squad, Smith-Rowe had picked up yet another injury, Party still wasn't fit, and obviously we still had the absentees of Timber and Vieira, and it, what that really allowed was sort of a few youngsters that even I personally hadn't even heard of, being on the Bandera, was it? I, I haven't heard of the mm. Bandera too much on the bench, and it, I mean, whilst the first eleven looked very, very strong, you, I don't know about you, but this... You have any worries, sort of going? Oh, we don't have a lot to change it from the bench here because it did look pretty fit?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. I think more, more so because of uh, the nature of who we were playing. Uh, we we're playing West Ham, as you said. They're not easy. Uh, we we're playing away from home, um, but I think we we haven't had a bad record against them. To be fair, away from home, so that kind of mitigated it a little little bit. But the only thing is, is we had the. Um, the issue of them going for a treble or their treble against us. They'd already beaten us twice this season. And I don't recall the last time they'd done that. that that's been a long time as well. So I was there was a bit of trepidation there. I, I, um, I was a little bit worried about the bench, but then I thought the way we played against Liverpool, and let me just quickly cite out a couple of players straight away off the bat. Um, Kiwi obviously came back in And I think if it hadn't been for his um, second half appearance against Liverpool and then an unknown factor there, so say he hadn't featured at all, he was terrific against Liverpool, um, I would have had more concerns, Jack. But because we'd seen how he was and how he played, I wasn't too worried. And again, he was great. He was great. Right from the bat, he made a great um, uh, defensive move, I think which stopped one of their only or one of their rare, rare moves. Um, I think it was right at the beginning, literally in the first few minutes, yeah. and then he was popping up, helping up defensively as well. You know, there was that cross that Saka headed, and you know, could have done better with. Um, I think he actually created the corner, which led to our first goal that Rice took, um, and, and he was involved in a lot. And I think he's a solid-looking player. And I actually believe this. I might, you might be, you might think I'm wrong, but I think once Timbers fit and he's in his running back and fit and running. I think Sinchenko might be dropped to third because is looking pretty decent to me. Not third in the sense that not not like the way Tierney was kind of pushed pushed out or pushed back. But I, I think he will start favoring Kiwi on quite a lot of lot of the games. I think anyway. Because he's looking good, Jack. You see he's impressing me a lot. Um and I also just want to just quickly mention Havertz. I know I'm digressing here, but I I want to get this out before unless I forget. Havertz Again, there's been a lot of lot of debate about what he is, is he useful, is he the right player, all of that stuff. If you look at that match closely, I've, I've, because we've delayed the box a so, so lot down to me, but it's probably a second and bit it, of time to great. get out. Um, I think I've watched the highlights about four or five times now, which is quite rare for me. And I specifically yesterday, or last a few hours ago before this one, I singled out Habits. I thought, let me just look at him. And... He was involved in a couple of the goals, the build-up. But in a lot of the chances that we missed, he's involved, Jack. He's there. He's creating things. He's making himself a nuisance for the defenders. He's getting in the way with his frame. And he's doing a lot of work, which ordinarily would go unnoticed. Yeah, And, I, and I, I'm, I'm really starting to warm to him. The way I warmed to Raya, who, again, I thought had a great game, the way I've started to warm to Raya, I'm really warming to Havertz, and I'm no—I've got no issue now. So if, if 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 ever we're waiting for the team selection, and I see his name there, I haven't got a problem anymore, Jack. Whereas yeah. before, I'd think, "What the hell is he doing in the team?" Because he's unbalancing it. I don't think he's unbalancing it anymore, and it's the word balance that comes to mind for me now. You know, what I was saying that we got it right offensively last season, and we got it right this season defensively, but we haven't combined the two yet. I think in the last couple of games, we've got that right now. Um, offensively, we were unbelievable. I mean, records were broken. Statistics were blown out of you know the air from since the Opta thing started. You know, we, we, we can see that. And what I liked about this game was we could have had four. We could have picked four men of the match. And remember we were saying that, remember with James was on the pod recently, but it's a good sign when we don't know who to pick because there's so many. We've got yeah. back to that again, I think. And I think this run of four games, 16 goals in four games, I mean, that's yeah, brilliant. With only two people, yeah. Unbelievable. What a great run. So um, I probably haven't even answered your question I about what it was, but I, I know the concerns. It, yeah, yeah. we also had Jesus
1: out, of course. That was the one that I
0: missed. Jesus as well. And this is the thing that annoys me. Liverpool have Salah out and a big deal was made about it all over the board. How many players have we got out? There's just so many players out. Yeah. And we literally took them to the cleaners. I don't think I've seen a more devastating performance, and I'm not going to have this that Ham played badly. They were rubbish. Yeah, they probably made it offensively, uh, sorry, defensively easier for us because their heads dropped, which is fine. I mean, who who said wouldn't drop when you score three goals in six minutes before half time? I, I think any team would be pretty much ru- ruined. But we still we're still making it difficult for the opposition. So what we did against Liverpool. I think we're playing terrifically at the moment. I think the moment, I think I think that momentum is currently with us. I know at Man City we're robots and they're brilliant, but I think we're doing all right at the moment, Jack. So, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's been a fantastic return from uh, you know the, the break and obviously you know a month before the break where there was a lot of questions and, and and we were trying to really see what we were going to be like coming back and we clearly come back. In, in, in a different vein of form and our attacks fire in a game. but it's interesting you bring up those two players because i think they've slightly changed positionally since they've come back and maybe they've flourished because of it like i don't know if you noticed in this game but and and probably against liverpool here we all played much more sort of traditional left back areas than inverted areas and against liverpool we didn't need to invert because jorginho was there and in this game, Ben White started to invert more. And I'd, I'd like to know the reason behind Ben White not really ever doing that much before. Because in the first game of the season, for example, he decided to put Thomas Party out there and, and dropped Gabriel in favour of putting Ben White in centre-back. So he's obviously had a little bit of reluctance to use Ben White there. But, but Ben White's played in midfield before he did it at, at, at Leeds. I mean, he did it once or twice for Brighton, I think. Um, so he's obviously capable, he's very technically secure. I think maybe he's more technically secure than Kivior. And uh, Kivior definitely looks more comfortable um when he's not sort of trying to mimic the Zinchenko role. And I, I think that's a bit of growth from Mickey Arteta really, because he 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 sometimes just tries to put players into similar roles of the of the players they're replacing where he's clearly adapted it for Kivio and said clearly, this you're not as comfortable with this. We're going to play you more like a sort of traditional sort of third centre back, if you like, and um, and it, and it, we look so much more comfortable, and he looks much more comfortable in our team. And like you said, like that you start to see some some really good things from him. The only concern, I, I think, he's very fast, but every time he turns, I always feel like he sometimes lacks agility but I also think that might just be a match fitness thing so I'm really curious I think he looks cleaner every game that I watch him and and, you know we need him because like you said about Zinchenko dropping down to third he's let's be honest he's just not reliable fitness wise before you even worry about the defensive issues of Zinchenko and him and Tomiyasu collectively they're not reliable enough fitness wise to be like they're, they're your first choice. So even though I love Tommy Asu and there's times where I love Zinchenko against sort of low blocks and stuff like that, they're just not fully reliable. And and, and that, that, that's really difficult to to account for, right? And the other one with Havertz, in this game it was interesting because it felt like he, him and Trossard were kind of flipping from the eight to the nine a lot. But I do feel Havertz has kind of started to get into the nine position a little bit more. And with that, our attack's flourished more, whereas when he was sitting sort of closer to Declan Bryce, felt like it was hindering us a little bit more. So in this game, it was I found it very, very difficult to pick up who was at the nine early on in the game. Trossard had a load of chances, header, shot, um, really well saved from the keeper. The goal, of course, where he was picking up the nine spaces, but then as the game goes on, you see Havertz picking up those spaces too. And what I like about it is it's, it's giving him a lot of different options and probably Yondra Zinchenko talk, maybe maybe not far around the corner, Neil, is is the Jesus talk. And, you know, is Jesus net the number one choice continuing to be? Because again, he's not available enough. Let's be honest, he's not enough. I, I said a few weeks ago when he played against Tottenham Forest and scored, and Mickey Arteta said he had a ton of swelling on his knee, but he really wanted to be out there today. I said that is not a good Answer to that question, because swelling on the knee and draining it, or whatever you're doing, that is not a long-term solution. It's going to bite us. And since then, we haven't seen him in the squad. And I don't know. He's, you know, we're hearing a lot of the short-term stuff, but I just get this feeling with Jesus, it's going to be, you know, a game in, a game out, or or something like that. Or it just doesn't sound great. And he's had a lot of knee issues with us already, so. I think it's really th- those discussions are probably to come in terms of Jesus and Jenko's role and hierarchy in the team. But what brilliant signs that we're finding alternative options, but also ones that making the team flourish. Like if you said our, our attack was flourishing with 16 goals in four games without Jesus in it. After what we'd seen earlier in this season, you'd be like, no chance. We've got to have Jesus there. If you said it in Dubai break, we're not gonna have Jesus for the next three or four games, or two of the next three or four games. You'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. We've got to have him. He's the key link, and 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 we're proving we've got other options there. I, I don't know what that means, Freddie and Katie, but I think we all know what it should mean for him. But but yeah, I mean, it, it was saying all that, it took us 30 minutes to get the first goal. We were peppering them throughout I mean we should have scored Saka had a, a header or two that he should have scored from right? one uh, he definitely should have scored from and um, Trossard as well and, and a good shot save but also a header I think from what I remember he should have scored from um, the, the the two standout players were probably Declan Rice and Martin Odegaard but you could probably take your pick like you said you, three, four, fives like you said but what are your thoughts on Declan Rice being moved to the, the sort of set-piece taker? He took the set-piece for Saliba's first goal, took the set-piece for the third goal against Gabriel. I think it was the first time we saw this against Palace on the return. I think it was, wasn't it? That was when we first started to see. It's been since Dubai. He's not been taking set-pieces before that much, I don't think, because... For example when we scored late on against Man U he, it was him scoring from the corners wasn't it so I, I want to say it's been a recent thing but he's 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 got an unbelievable dead ball now
0: I think the uh, the set host set piece coach has certainly been behind this 100% because he's got them moving in the box in such a great way very aggressive um, the the firstly, Deckman Rice has a choice. Do you remember, was it in the last, I don't know which pod it was, but I was like, it might, might not even be on your show, I can't remember, but I remember saying, I'd rather see someone as big as him in the box. He's a big lad. What's he doing taking the corners? Because we should have, if you've got 11 professionals or or 10 outfield professionals on the pitch, surely they know how to take a corner. It's one of the most basic skills to learn. So why the hell have you got someone like, why is it a goal scorer, a potential goal scorer, is taking these corners? But I, I'm going to eat my words. I think it's the right choice. He did it for West Ham, didn't he? And, um, and I think the way he's, I think, was it the first goal? Or it was the first goal? Where they're all, it's, it's, the, it's the far post, isn't it, that he aims for? Yeah. And it's a fantastic, it, 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 unbelievable corner. Yeah, it was right in exactly where where I think the, ham, the West Ham players or the defenders were expecting the four at the back or the far post to come in. Yeah, and they didn't. They stood back. I think it was really clever because the corner before that, they moved towards the near post, and I think it was like it confused them. And I, that's that's all worked by the set piece coach. it has been very, it's very clever. He goes, "We'll do it like this here, and then we'll do it like this there," really bamboozled the defense. I think it was fantastic dead ball, as you said. And even with the with the third goal from the from the free kick, I think which Trossard had won, again, perfectly. And that was more aimed at the near post, if I remember correctly. Could be wrong, was it? Or was it the far post again? I the, think it was the third goal, the Gabrielle's goal. Yes. Yeah, that was near post, yeah. That was there a fantastic go. ball. Fantastic. And again, perfectly played, yeah. picked out. Um, so, so perfect that think. if he hadn't caught it, I think Havertz was right behind it No, that I'm was right. the first one. That was the first one. And that was, was the first one, was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you, you're, no, but you're right. For the same reason, but just for the yeah. different goal, the first goal. When, when Saliba headed that, Havertz was right there. So it, you're right. Saliba. I didn't realise how big he was because Saliba's a monster. But Havertz yeah. like, was dwarfed him in that. that but maybe it's just because he's rising. But Jesus Christ, he looks huge. Um, but anyway, um, perfect. So what do I think about Declan Rice taking them? He should take them, Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent, because yeah. he's so good. And can I just quickly just quickly say about the, um, the really good points you made uh, earlier? Havertz and Jesus almost swapping that interchangeability, which I saw of in the, all the front lot, was brilliant. It worked so well. It was so fluid. And you even had Martinelli coming turning up on the right hand side so many times. One of those chances, which again Havertz was involved with, Odegaard's ball was brilliant, but it was almost like a team goal. This is the one where um, Martinelli almost dinked across back and Trossard created a great chance. Yeah. And the whole goal great save from the goalkeeper. Again, Havertz was there again. He started the move and he was there again. And he I think he got a shout from Trossard to duck. So in Radio Trossard. Martin and he was on the right and yeah. he was and and they were, and I think this is what was causing the, the Hammers defence such problems because they didn't know who to mark where to mark because they were always in different positions what about the penalty Trossard was at the back creating the play and it, was a, yeah. it, was, it was Saka running through as the nine yeah. who so uh, it was wonderful stuff Jack I mean you can't how can you defend against that you don't know who is going to be in what position it was brilliant yeah. brilliant yeah. Yeah, you were talking
1: about the Trossard volley where Havertz duck yeah, I remember that one. Um yeah, no, the interchange is fantastic. I think that's what when you've got confident players which we've had since the break um, they're all interchanging they're hard to pick up, they're hard to define by position whereas earlier in the season it felt very very rigid, very structured, very um, the the link up just didn't feel like it was there and our wingers weren't flourishing because of it but now I know Martinelli didn't score in this game but again the the way him and I think this was probably Saka's best game in a long time in, in many aspects as well you know the run he made off he just looks like he's he's making those runs off the shoulder those inside right channel runs he's taking less touches with the ball, he's getting out of his feet quicker, and he's so dangerous when he's like that. But um, yeah, the, the first goal, he just so such a good ball in that sleeper didn't really have to do much with it. He just blonked it down. It reminded me of the one against Fulham last season where I think it was a Martinelli cross in. I can't, no, it was a Martinelli header from a trossard cross. He just sort of dunked it. He didn't, didn't even have to move for it, really. And that's that's quality of the ball. But, and then Gabriel, I mean, Gabrielle's one, I mean, I think he's the joint top, Score, centre-back scorer in the league with David Luiz Brazilian centre-back scorer uh, 14 he's got four this season I mean he's our, he's our best aerial threat without doubt I mean he's really good in the air he's probably our best aerial threat you know in terms of both halves and, and clearing the ball as well Um but he, he was fantastic I mean both our centre-backs were terrific but, but Gabriel has been really really fantastic since the break and he's, he's sort of it's just showing he's such a key part to the partnership back there and like you Said last week, you know that they are currently, I think, the best centre-back partnership in the in the league. And if we keep them together for the rest of the season, we've we've got a real chance because they do not give up a lot of chances. They just we do not give up a lot of chances. And I know teams can still score, but data says we give up the least chances in the league, and we give up the least goals in the league currently as well. And you know, and and all the arguments about goals scored. Well, we've scored more goals at this point this season as opposed to this point last season. So we're one goal ahead already. We might be five points behind, but we're one goal ahead. So, you know, everyone moaning about the goals that we're getting. We got 88 goals last season. Um, it was a, a record for, for the club, I believe. And... um I might have been a record or close to one of the records in the league. I have to check that. But so goals, like we always have said is, is not really a problem for us if we're playing properly and if everyone's linking. And what I really like about this is, is when we were playing like this last season, it was when Jesus was in the team and he wasn't in the team. And we're looking so fluid. And it's really encouraging, I think, because if he comes back in, we know we're capable. If he's not there, we're proving we're capable. And it's just the same as when party has been out, right? I mean, he's been out all season and we're proving we're capable in the centre midfield. And that's, that's really a sign of progression of the squad, I think. And I know a lot of people, you know, there's been a lot of arguments in the early portion of this season, are we better than we were last season? Have we really improved? And I think that is a proof that as a squad you know, whether the points are showing it currently, but as a squad, I think there's a really good side that we, we probably have. And and you're right, it's all about peaking uh, at the right time, and, you know, no one's dropping points up top at the moment. So, uh, But we're playing some really, really terrific stuff, which is really encouraging. Um, Yeah, for the second goal, great for Saka to get, step up for the penalty. I don't know if you had flashbacks of last season, but I definitely did at that point. I was like, oh God, this is reminding me of last season. And it, was, it felt like a, a long wait because they were checking the offside Um, which was no, I don't know why they were checking it for so long. And then they were checking something else as well, but he put it away really. Confidently, which was which was great, and we know Sachary doesn't he doesn't get knocked by penalty misses, so he'll turn up for the next one, which was fantastic. And yeah, like you said, those three goals in quick succession, but they they really didn't create a thing, Neil. I don't think they had a shot on target until the eighty second minute. I mean, it was I know they were poor, but that we they, that is quite incredible to be that dominant away. At, you know, they've beaten big sides there this season already. I mean, they've beat you know United at home. They've given games to everyone. They don't get beaten by this at home. You know, it, what's crazy is we had five shots more than this in the home game against them and lost 2-0. So that's where, you know, results governed analysis a little bit. But it was a, it was a brilliant three or four goal stint of 15 minutes wasn't it Neil and I guess out of those three or four maybe Trossard was the pick of the bunts in terms of individuality he was fantastic as well wasn't he Trossard in terms of his creativity his ability to link from deep and just be at the nine. he's such a good player to have in that interior position, isn't he
0: he's he's so enterprising isn't he he's um you always know you always think feel that something's going to happen when he's there um and I and I think I think this 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 uh Again, what you touched on earlier about how him and Havertz and this interchangeability really worked for us, but he was he he was again another one which I think was just bamboozled in the defence. It was hard to understand what he was going to do. Um, but he's he's very very much like um, I, I think all of our all our all, you know we're talking about men of the men of the match. You have got Rice, who's great with ball retention and progression. But what I like about Rice is he's he's so... He makes it look easy. He doesn't ever look like he's troubled. A bit like Saliba, I think. Nothing seems to worry him. He just gets on with it. But he's always looking to to move forward. He's great at interceptions. He's just a wall, isn't he? He's a wall defensively, but he's, he's always pushing the ball forward. He could have been man of the match. Odegaard, look at his numbers. 109 passes, seven chances created, two assists. It's a record, isn't it, or something? It's ridiculous. Um, and he it was first in all his stats. Um, there's a little table there, I think, that asked, he asked the Arsenal website put up. Um, and he's first. And I think the only thing he was joined first was with the assists. It's the two assists he got because um, Bryce got two, didn't he? And he scored as well. So it, it, it's unbelievable. And Tross are the same. It's just everything about what he was doing for me, was about progression, was to create chaos going up front. But he, he was also back. He was linking up way right at the back. He was then forward. Then he was doing something else up front on the right-hand side and then on the left-hand side. He was everywhere. He was everywhere. Yeah. And his movement was so fluid. But they're all, all their movements fluid. It's just one of those days which, which worked offensively so well. Everyone was linking up. Everyone was passing fast. Everyone was was just their their mindset was attack, attack, attack. For me, but while all of that was going on, we were very controlled defensively too. So you're talking about their shots on target. I think isn't the last two games we've had what one or two, three shots on target? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 there's, there's a
1: video going around showing yeah, that's, that's these are all the it? shots we faced, <laughs> and it's like a three-second video. Right? And it's Liverpool shooting from thirty yards, and then West Ham's <laughs> yeah. one shot on target that Correct. was saved well from David Rea. Well, um but it was it was wasn't it great I mean that's that's amazing in itself mm. wasn't it great as well to see I think it was at six 0 they had that first shot on target the defense how how focused the defense were and keeping that clean sheet and I was really curious what' the second half for that reason I was like, look the game's won even I felt. Pretty confident the game was won well at 4-0. But, um, you know, you have a little flashbacks to the old Newcastle, which was the last time we were 4-0 up away from home, but it goes out of your mind pretty quickly. But that that's really important. It shows that clean sheets mean a lot to this group, this defensive group, right? And that's really important, Neil, let's be honest, because, you know, the... Teams that win leagues do not concede a lot of goals. I mean, there's just no evidence of it. You know, even when we were sort of the latter stages last season and we were still kind of in it, I remember I used to always text John, I'm like, we've conceded too many goals. We we were at 34, 35 conceded goals at that point. I went, we have conceded too many goals. There's just no way teams don't concede this many goals that win the league. And you need that attitude, don't you?
0: That's it, exactly that. You can't win. You cannot win leagues scoring. nothing that many goals. It just doesn't work because it just, it just doesn't. It's just, it's a well known fact. If you look at all the best teams or all the teams that have won the league, if you look at their goals conceded, they're not huge. They're not huge because it is. It's just. It's just what. It's mathematically how the, how it works. Um, and this season we we have tempered the the uh, or, or improved the. That's part of what we were probably not so good at last season, and it's showing, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. We're we're five points behind, but I just think we're more we're pacing it better. We are yeah. pacing it better, and yes, all right. I, I again, I went. I think a few a couple of pods ago, I'm, I said that we've already got to the point where we've already lost four games and probably teams that win the league like the goals conceded. conceded you don't want to lose more than five if you want to stand a chance of winning the league. So we're like one game away. But I just think because we're pacing it well, maybe that might not be such a concern, but obviously it does depend on the teams around us who are also playing very well. But I, I, I don't know. I think, I think we've got, we're probably the, the form team at the moment. I think we are. No matter what Man City are doing and with their players that have come back and you know they're great and Howland's back and De Bruyne's back and da 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 and they won the Champions League after being down yesterday or whatever or peg back in it. I I think we with the momentum for, is with us at the moment and just bear in mind we are in that one or two less com- competitions as well. I know that doesn't seem to matter with the likes of City, but it may do. It may do. You know, they've just won the treble. Like, really, are they are they that good? They could potentially win two trebles in a row. They may do, but I th- I think I think we've only got to focus on the two competitions now. And you're right. You said something earlier which really rung true with me. That I think Arteta's matured. His man management is a lot better. He's recognising it a little bit more now. He's starting to now. Although it was bugging all at well, once, certainly me is I get behind all the young players. But he's starting to now. He trusted in yeah and and where he uh, you know against West Ham as well. I was shocked to see him come on for that length of time. I was so happy for him. So he's starting to maybe trust in a little bit more in his youngsters as well. Hopefully that's a sign. When he, when he played Kiwi, he might be forced to play him, but he's done it, um, and that's a good thing. And, and I think his man management is, is, is improved. The way we're we've got that flexibility and adaptability when we're missing players, because let's not let's face it, Jack. I don't know what it is with our team. It's been like that for years and years. We just seem to have. When's the last time you felt comfortable thinking that we've gone a run of ten games and we've had no injuries, none? I can't recall it. I think there was one period recently where, with it got a bit better, but it didn't last. When is it? When have we had a team or a squad? Where we could have picked anyone without any problems because mm-hmm. there's no injuries. We never seem to have it, do we? And with us as well, it always seems to be key injuries, not players that may be fringe players, but key injuries, key players like this season. Yeah. Did you really see with a season with Partey out, Jenko uh, out, Timber, who we just got running and then gone? You know, it's like four or five already major players that we're doing without. And he's managing it brilliantly, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's still, it, it doesn't look bad, does it, going forward? And you know, the next few games. I know you said you don't like looking at it going forward, but in the in the in the prem. But I again mentioning it, they're they're winnable. Um, there's no easy game. I'm not getting carried away. I'm not saying we're going to go like, this weekend. We're just going to go and bury them. We're not. They're all difficult games, especially the ones which are away from home. However. I think they're winnable, and yeah, uh, you know we we can keep up there, keep 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 in touch with with, with the likes of Man City and Liverpool. Hopefully,
1: that's the tough part, isn't it? Because there's just so little room for error with these sides. You know, the City we know they can go on a 15 game you know, winning run. They'd done it before. That's You know, they did it basically last season until they knew they'd won it and then they kind of sort of chilled out for the last few games of the season because they knew they had a Champions League final coming up. I mean, we're very aware of what they're capable of doing. Liverpool, you know, when they're at their best, um, they're also capable of doing it too. So, you know, but you, like you said, I, 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 do, I do agree. I mean, we're definitely looking the best we've looked so far this season. It's a small... um Patch to talk about in terms of game, you know, look at three or four games. So you, you want to see it over a longer period. But, but I do think we're looking definitely our most balanced at the moment with all these injuries that you talk of. And um, the one thing I would say on the injuries is, is I'm adamant, I've been adamant all seasons that Arteta has also matured in that aspect too. I think he last season would Tommy Asu have made this squad for West Ham? Would he? I think he would have. Right. We flew him off the, t- the plane from Japan when we signed him and played him about 12 hours later. J- like, would he have made this? I think he would have made this squad. Um, would Jesus, with a few day knee injury that's now been three weeks, would he have made one of these squads? Probably. Probably would have. So I, I think he's seeing that. You know, if a player has a real problem or the medical team, I think he's listening to the medical team because a lot of things in medical teams are grey areas. There's not always a definitive yes or no. Sometimes it's like, well, he's fit, but is he ready to play, you know, in a match game scenario? I'd advise give him another week and maybe whereas before we went, well, we need him now. So we're going to take him now if you if you let him go. You know, there's a big, there is, there's a grey area with a lot of medical injuries. It's not always clear cut, broken leg, you're done, ACL tear, you're done. Big grey area where you give advice as a medical team, this is what I would do, but it's really dependent on you, coach, what you need. And I think Nicotta is probably listening a lot more to the medical team. For that reason, we might look like we've got a lot more injuries. But do we? Do we have more injuries or do we have more little injuries? But actually longevity of time is 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 not so much. And that would that, that, be what's quite interesting. And I, I don't know, time will tell on that. We'll have to see how we regress through the season. When it comes to the pinnacle part of the season, do we have as many of our key members back. Because last year, when we went to City, we we had a lot of players' absence. When we played City at home, we had no Jesus, we had no party, etc., etc., etc. So I think he is being more sensible with it. It is still frustrating, like you said, that we do just seem to pick up more than the average. I mean, I know Liverpool have picked up quite a few this season, but City pick up very few. I mean, they pick up the big, obvious ones, like the Bruiners but then they pick up like, Very few to the key, key members of their team. And even when they do, they seem to come back awfully quickly. But, you know, the likes of Zinchenko and Jesus and Smith Rowe, they're going to have serious question marks come the summer, I think, Neil, because they just cannot stay fit for long enough. And, you know, Zinchenko's got his fourth calf strain of the last 12 months. Jesus, third or fourth knee issue. Smith Rowe, there's always a problem with him, isn't there? I mean... I want to see him more, as much as the next guy. But every time you see him, he picks up something. I mean, it's quite incredible. You see him for a couple of games, and he's picked up something in training. And how many times can it happen? I mean, it's just—it's it, quite frustrating. But hopefully, we're just being sensible with it. That's that—that's the hope. But we went in what 4 0 at half time. To truss our goal. I was—I was so happy. I mean, I, I, you rarely can you kind of relax and enjoy a game for a forty-five-minute period. But it—it it was it was really fantastic. And at that point, you were thinking, oh, who can we change? What can we do? All that kind of stuff. And um, it, it was just t- terrific to see how we sort of played upon that. But Saka's, Saka's goal, well, I mean, there were so many good goals, but Saka's goal and Declan Rice's goal, nil, Talk on them. I mean, it, it kind of looked like the Saka of, of last season there with that goal. It looked like they'd almost given up at that point, to be fair, but it was still fantastic from Saka. And then, um, and then Rice is one, and his subdued celebration. But what a finish!
0: Um, just quickly, I've, have you, I've seen you freeze a couple of times, Jack, So I've seen it up. on yours as
1: well. It ah. said s- internet unstable, but we seem to be still here. So should we carry on with All right. yeah, let's hope it? Yeah, I'm keep. I don't know if it, it doesn't say if it's my end or your end. My, no, other, I'm laptop's, saying, yeah. my laptop's saying I'm strong and connected. So. Okay. We'll, See how we go,
0: but I've it's not like heard any issue
1: on the sound. Have you heard any issue on the sound? No, none at all. Uh, let's go
0: with it. Let's see what right, happens. Fingers crossed. Fingers right, crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'll, I'll, let me quickly talk. I'll, I'll quickly talk about Rice's goal first that's that. That is started from the back. I don't know if if, if you remember. I'm pretty sure it's Odegaard. He's in, uh, he's, he's in Saliba's position, he's defending. <laughs> I don't know what went into that movement because I can't remember. So, obviously, I'm watching the highlights, but. It's his him from the back. And it, 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 was, it was a great team goal. If you think about it, all right, he jutted a little bit with White and then, you know, the, I, I'd say it was a great dummy by Odegaard and, and Trossard. It was very clever, Purposeful. <laughs> it, was <brilliant. laughs> yeah, it was great by Martinelli before it to get the ball out there though, wasn't Martinelli, it? Martinelli. White was yeah. involved. Martinelli was only, Odegaard, I think, started it from the back. Oh it was brilliant. Um, but I think if, I may be wrong. I might be getting too confused. I don't know. Or one of them missed chances. But anyway, whatever it was, it was a great team move. Um, you, yeah, you're probably right. I think West Ham at that point were looking to go home. I mean, all the all the, all the fans had gone shopping. I mean, it was a yeah. great day out. Me, Stratford, it. It West yeah. Stratford, West, West, Westfield, wasn't it? In street is it West, Westfield? Yeah, in Stratford, they they had a great shopping day. Can you hear me? Oh, yep,
1: yep. oh yeah. god We never have it in their shoes. That's strange, isn't it? No, this is really weird. So. Yeah, it's weird. And I'm not I have yeah. no idea who's in there it is, but let's um oh, I soldier hope it's... on. I'm not I don't think it will affect the listing of it, but I'm gonna note down the time. It's a shame I don't have a timer on it. Um yeah. let's have a look here. Yeah, we'll carry on. Um but yes yeah, stuttering every um,
0: yeah. It's stuttering, that's it. It's a good word. Um but no, it was a great team move and um uh I I think Martin did very well, but the but the goal was just fantastic. It was brilliant, wasn't it? What a shot. Kind of like curled and kept curling to the left, I, I felt. But everyone, even the players, Saka had his hands on his head. I think Trossard did or was it Odegaard? I can't remember. They were like, and they were laughing. It's almost as if they were embarrassed because they got it wrong between each other. And they're like, well, did it matter? Look at that. It was almost meant to be, wasn't it? It was meant to be him. Yeah. Um, and I I totally respected he subdued. I like that. I think a couple of ex-Arsenal players could look at that and say, yeah, that's how we should have been when we scored against Arsenal after coming back against them. I thought he was very respectful. And I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that after the game, he was actually... Because he was applauded by a lot of the West Ham fans, the decent West Ham fans yeah. um, that stayed and also weren't booing him when he was getting the ball. Um, he Apparently, he went and mouthed sorry to them. Now, if, if that is true... I think someone has said this. If that is true, it just sums him up, and it wouldn't surprise me because it sums him up as a man and, and, yeah. and, 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 and as a person, sorry, as to what kind of person he is. I think, I think, I think there's, a, there's a lot of good about this guy. He's, he's very – It just comes across as a very, very decent human being. He's got good morals, good ethics, good values, but he's also very competitive and very determined to do well in his chosen career. Yeah. And he's got all the attributes to be a great leader. Look, I know you are waxed lyrical about Odegaard. You have been the start. You're really behind him. But if ever there was to be a change in captaincy, it has to go to Declan Rice, Jack. There is no better person. He's he, For me, he's just a natural leader. But his goal was terrific. And, and, and also, if you go step back and look at Saka's goal, I think, again, you know, West Ham were at the point where they just wanted to go home. They wanted to probably follow their fans and do a bit of shopping. But they... Again, what a ball from Odegaard! Odegaard was just fantastic. Yeah, he was. Brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Everything he did in that whole game was quick. It was fast. It was one touch almost. It was yeah. lightning. Lightning. His his thinking, his process of thinking is incredible. He's so yeah. quick with it, and it, and the, and the, and the, you know, so many shots or or chances that we missed. Again, I was talking about Havertz being behind a lot of it, but he was central to it as well. I think Trossard was involved. That's what, for me, four players of the match. Could, it could have gone to four people. Rice, Saka, Odegaard and Trossard. They were the four standout players for me in that game. And um, again, Odegaard, his, his pass to Saka was beautiful. Yeah. And the one, there's one chance where Saka missed. Was it the one where... Um, I can't. I could, Yes, it's the one where Saka could have had a chance, and he did. He kind of he went across the penalty box, and the keeper saved it. And then Kyrie had a chance, and he just made a mess of it. If I think it's the build-up to that goal, again, there's a really. I think there's a really good pass with Odegaard. But we had so many of these. I could be confusing them all. But there's one where he just cuts through the whole defence, and yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it was unbelievable the way he played. Yeah, just so it was good.
1: fantastic. Yeah. He yeah. had eight he had 40 touches more than anyone on the team or the guard. He had yeah. twenty-three touches. And he had the highest pass accuracy with that, other yeah. than El who'd just come on. But but, but in terms of the starters, he had the highest pass accuracy oh, uh, really? other other than Saliba from centre back, yeah. Yeah uh, yeah, which and, is and crazy.
0: But the second's finish, so although West Ham had given up, was still good. It was it was a tight angle, wasn't it? It was just bang. And you're right. I think he's coming back to what we saw last season. What a time to do it! Perfect yeah. time. Business end of the season coming up very, very fast. We've yeah. Got Champions League soon, haven't we? The next after the Burnley game, I think is it? Is it after um, yeah. Game? yeah, yeah, yeah. It after wow. the Burnley game away, right? And then, right. And then we go. Yeah,
1: hundred so, you know. contributions for Saka Neil. Mm. Um, I mean, in just over two hundred games, almost equally split between. Goals and assists, which shows what type of player he is, really, doesn't it? I mean, he's not, I don't know what the stats are on other top wingers, but he, he's very much a team player, isn't he? He, you know, he's not, he's not all about, it. I think he's, this is his 10th goal of the Premier League season as well. So he's, he's right there in terms of output. He really has been all season. What's, what's dropped, we feel, has his sort of overall performance a little bit. But, um, it's certainly since he's come back, he's looked, like the Saka we know in terms of his overall performance even in this one he was so involved in everything and he just looked like a real threat again a real real threat and uh, yeah, I mean I think Ben White's got a part to play in that too he definitely looks fresher doesn't he Ben White which is really really encouraging he looks like he's overlapping more even when he was in, you know, kind of going in, inverting a little bit um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, at the, really that was the first link up from Odegaard to Saka for a goal since last season away at Spurs or something, which is wow. crazy if that's true. Um, but we need more of that because their link up can be can be devastating really. But I do think, yeah, we've seen Saka, Odegaard, they've been really, really um kicking into gear since since Dubai. So like you said, long may it continue because those are our guys that those are our number guys. Those are the guys that get the goals and assists from last season. I think they were two top, weren't they, alongside Martinelli. So yeah. um really fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you on Rice's subdued it's was interesting, wasn't it? You've got some booze and he did he, touch his badge subdued. though, which is
0: lovely. He quickly touched his badge if you remember.
1: Oh, yeah um, yeah 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 and it was yeah. interesting I oh, i think the book it's weird isn't it the guys booing i think they've kind of developed this sort of not all rivalry with art uh, but it didn't go into arsenal because west ham's biggest hated club in london is tottenham that, that's always been there. That's right. that's always there and i know we don't like each other as such but we've never been like a hugely hated love no. either way there's always been kind of a mutual respect to a degree so I mean I wouldn't like a player if, they, if we sold him either you know I wouldn't love him but he's done a lot for them won him a trophy um, you know it, you, you'd kind of give them you know a decent reception I would have thought but it seems like the ones that did dislike him are just upset because he didn't go to Manchester City which I find really baffling I'm like I don't, like, I don't I don't understand that whatsoever but very strange but overall it did seem like yeah, he got a pretty decent reception but, but he did yeah. it off with Probably, yeah, a man of the match performance. Like, I mean, he was everywhere, oh, wasn't he? And that, he? That is a sort of textbook finish for him, it seems to be, because that's exactly the same finish that he did at Chelsea um, away this season. I know there was no goalkeeper in there, but if you watch it, it's exactly the same. And yes, it's, sure. it's, it's about as good a finish as well. It's just the fact that there was no goalkeeper at Chelsea. No one really gave it the praise that it deserved. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the goalkeeper would have saved it if he was in the goal. Yeah. Um, he pinged it right into the corner there as well. Um just the whip and the bend that he got on it was 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 fantastic, but it was a great way to end a you know a top top level performance and hopefully Neil away's concerned me a little bit this season you know especially in the big games Newcastle Villa I think we were unlucky in both but we didn't create enough this one another big away game London derbies are always big and um, you know West Ham like I said they are having a very good season despite what some of their fans have recently been saying. So it was a big win, wasn't it? It was a big, big win to come off the Liverpool game, really. Massive.
0: It was. Yeah. It was huge. I mean, uh, you know, you know, at the end of the day, you, uh, it, it was. It's difficult to follow up a, a moment, momentous, I'd say, win against Liverpool because we outplayed them, utterly outplayed them, and then to to say, have we got the uh, the the, the Cajon, to, to carry that forward? And boy, did we have. And I forgot to mention about Saka. To be honest, it it just shows. He impresses me so much, this kid, when he's not doing well. I mean, even in that match, he missed two or three opportunities, which normally he'd put away. And yet he still, despite missing the penalty against them in in the last season, he still had the balls to actually pick it up and take it. And it was a great penalty, wasn't it? His, 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 His temperament, you can't, I don't think anything phases him. And I, I think there's something we knew and noticed about him after the rubbish he got after missing the penalty for the European Championships and the crap he got from so many disgusting people, which was literally viral or horrific. It was so horrific. And he just, just you know, he took it and he, and he just carried on. And it's yes. just got better and better. You know, I was talking about um, what kind of man or what kind of person Declan Rice is just a minute ago. I have to say the same for Saka. And if yeah. we're starting to build a team with players with that great temperament and attitude, Jack, it's, it's really looking good for the future. Because, I mean, look, Saka and Declan Rise, it feels like they've been around for years, but they're still very young, aren't they? They're both yeah. very, very young. So this is the future for us. As long as we can hold on to them. But the thing is, that's the only thing. We have to start. I know, look, none of us, especially on this podcast, we're not trophy hunters. We're not like that. Of course, we always want to win things we're not trophy hunters. We're not like some of these fickle fans out there. Um, But I think in order to keep these kind of players, we do have to see something now. Um, We've got to be getting very, very close or we've got to be bagging things because these players deserve to have something to say when their career's over, I've won this, I've got this in my trophy I've got this winner's medal here. So I think that's one thing. That's probably, probably the only concern I have for the future we need to hold on to these players. We need to start winning things. But I think we, we, we're in a great position. I, I know that you're going to be really happy when the transfer winter comes to spend this year because there's going to be so much for you and James to, to keep talking about and Michael as well, to be fair. Yeah. But, but, you know, as it, as it stands right now, we can't be getting anyone else in for the rest of the season. Got to do with what we've got. And I think we're doing the best we can with them. And, that, yeah. and that's a lot a lot of credit has to go to Arteta as well so we need to give him a shout as well for this game brilliant for
1: sure yeah no he has been fantastic and um, I guess you know once we went 6-0 up uh, obviously we'd already started to make changes but Really good. It's apparently, apparently Jorginho was saying get Ethan on, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I think we were all texting. We got to get Winieri on here, and he, he gave him a good amount of time. He gave him fifteen, fifteen minutes or so. He doesn't have a lot of expression on his face, Winieri, But you know, he's a super talent. He's you could, he, like he doesn't doesn't he doesn't look like you don't know if he's smiling or unhappy. He just looks angry in every sort of just sort of just doesn't look like he's believes he's kind of there or whatever. But um, we don't know a lot about him as a person. Obviously, it's the second time we've seen him play in, in the first team. But, but you know he's a special talent because City were in for him, Chelsea were in for him. We just about managed to sign him up. He's only 16 still. And obviously, he's part of the first team squad. So that's why, you know, when when PSV game came along um, and it was a dead rubber and everyone was going, "Oh, I want to see youngsters," and I, I wanted to see Wanyeri, but I was kind of more, kind of understanding on Wanyeri because he's only 16. But the concern I had was, if you're like the 18-year-olds, like Walters, and you're still not getting in, and the likes of Cedric again on for you, I'd be a little bit more concerned for those players. So we'll get to that in a second. But Wanyeri, I'm just like, I think this might be a guy that skips the loan phase. That's what I'm thinking. I think this could be a sacker. Um well Wilshire did go out on loan, didn't he? But but some players just they're so good that you don't want to let them go. You just want to keep them around the group. And I think he Phil Foden didn't I don't think he went on loan, did he? Um he, I think he might be that type of player. And he had what I he had he had twenty one touches when he came on. That was more than all the subs, um, other than El um, it was more than Cody Gakpo had when he played at Arsenal last week in the 70 minutes, um, and he only played 15 minutes. Mané, but it was amazing how they just kept giving the ball to him. I think there was one point where I saw Odegaard get the ball, and he he just saw Mané and he just rolled it to him, like just like go on, son, go and play. And you can tell that very confident in him. But he, I've got to say, when I watch him, he does mimic a lot of sort of the young Wilshere to me. Stature, short, stocky, left-footed. Um, kind of that attacking midfield role. I just wonder, Neil, I mean, I, I, I tweeted after it. I, I wonder how far away he is from taking on sort of the Vieira-Smith-Rowe type role um, for next season, not this season, of course, but for next season. And I think I've got a few back that, hey, come on, it's, it's only his first game. Duh, duh, duh. But is that is that beyond, I mean, he, he looks so good. I think he looks so comfortable. What do you think about his sort of cameo appearance?
0: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought he looked at home. He was brilliant. He was assured and confidence. It's just, you're right. There's no expression. That's why I was laughing because I never thought of it, but you're right. You're <laughs> You don't know what's going through his mind. You, know, you yeah. think that, wow, this is my like, first proper... I know he made that cameo, didn't he, when he was like 15 years old or was still in his diapers, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, yeah. but this is his first kind of proper substitute appearance. And you'd think that he'd be a little bit excited. But you can't tell. Yeah, you can't. You can't I, tell. You can't tell. So I, um, I think he looks so confident so assured i mean even the, the way he was often running you wouldn't even think that he's a youngster he's still you know got to got to learn a lot he almost like he looked like he's just one of our usual substitutes coming on it was bizarre and you're right odegaard was really really kind of encouraged encouraging not just himself but the others to pass to him yeah. which is amazing isn't it because we've had We've spoken about players in the past where we're thinking they're not trusting them because they're not passing to them. They're kind of almost trying to develop the play, but avoid them or cut them out of the loop. And they weren't doing it with him. Right. OK, there is an argument that he's come on with in love for goodness sake. And, um, you know, it's a comfortable situation. So no better, you know, good start. You, you play, put a player on in a very comfortable position, and so I think yeah, there, there's going to be a bit of that. What's he going to be like if we're chasing a game against Liverpool or something, or Man City, or even Tottenham? You know, how, how do we see him then? But from what I saw of him, what, what, whatever few minutes he came on for, he looked so assured, full yeah. of confidence. He's not afraid to run at defenders, and you're and you're right, he does. I was going to say he reminds me more of Smith Rowe, but yeah, I do see the Willshire as well in him um and i think look i i love Smith pro you know i do but if this thing is going to keep happening uh, i I hate to think about it i don't want to think about it but there is a possibility that he might not be part of a long-term future but if this kid can come in if it's also got a replacement there don't you think Ready-made so. replacement. we don't have to dip into the market. Yeah, we're going to have um, to do that somewhere. And, I mean, well, if no, we've I, got I, a I, talent that
1: because we've got too many areas that we might want to fill, mm. you know, so we don't have all that money, do we? So no.
0: you know, the academy, if we can get one it's the from place. there, is a, a diamond. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Alex. And and I I don't think you're you I don't think you're far off the you know the realms of seeing him next season mm. if he progresses. I want I, I do I, it's going to be hard to include him a lot this season. If we if we push yeah. him for the title, and we get far far in the Champions League, you, it, it's going to be quite hard to see him a lot. Isn't right, it? I'll we, see him again. Yeah, you know we might unless we're going to start winning every game six 0 Yeah, you know, and do what we did to every single to go forward, what we did to West Ham. We're not going to see much of him. So the where we're going to see him is probably the friendlies that will be key in the summer. But then let's hope he is used for those and. Who knows? He might get in. You've got to remember Saka and Smith Rowe came in because of injuries to other players. Yeah. And we might were, not, we we were said, a lot worse, weren't we? Yes, we were. Yeah. We were. True. Um, but I, I hope so because I like yeah. him. And, you know, once he bags his first goal, he, that's the only, the only business. I want to know what the future is for Patino as well because there was talk of that he wanted to leave. You know, he came on in his debut, he scored that goal. I remember I was at the game and the whole... I've never seen a crowd so behind a player that was so relatively unknown, but it was almost as if he was a second coming. It was ridiculous. And when you get that from, you know, a fan base such as Arsenal's, and then all of a sudden you're talking about, I want to leave. If this was true, by the way, I don't know what the stories were. Mm. I was so shocked at that. And I almost like thought, well, go then. If you don't want to be part of this club, go. Because you are absolutely adored here. And I know mm. where he's gone on loans, he's done really well. So I don't know what the future is for him. But um, this kid, certainly, I, I, I think you're right. We need to keep him. We yeah. need to develop him here. Because he does look as a special talent.
1: The weird thing, with I don't watch enough of Swansea to really know. I see the clips that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weird thing with Patino is, as much as sort of people say how oh, he's doing really well, um, and that and uh, all that, he he doesn't start every game for Swansea. He's on the okay. bench for half of them. I think he's had 24 games this season and been on the bench for 12 of them. So. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I mean, look, he's in the championship. He's, he's older, isn't he? How old is Charlie Pettino? Is he 18, 19? Um, he's, he's definitely older than Mugneri, I would say. And they've got some similarities about him, that attacking midfield. He's 20 years old. He's 20 years old Neil. So Pettino, he's not young. He's not that young. I mean, he's youngish. But Sackham's been in the first team by that point. Um, I know we signed him. But you need to be tearing it up in the championship to be coming back in. I think at this stage, like, look for example, like people go on and on about Arteta plays youngsters less than Pep and and Klopp. It's just untrue. It's simply untrue. I mean, if you look at Pep, Foden was already known as being a top top talent, and he hasn't really been starting for City until the last year or two, right? He's been a bench player mostly for him. So okay, Foden. Beyond that, who's he brought through? Um, Rico Lewis came through last year he's been there twice the amount of time as Arteta, and we're talking about like, two or three players then people started to say to us this Oscar Bob who scored at um, Newcastle this season when well, he was a top talent from Norway that they bought, he wasn't a youngster they brought through, so it's nonsense and then Klopp, he had Trent who was their sacker in terms of a generational English talent who else did he bring through? There's no one else. Curtis Jones just started to start games this season. He'd been there nine years, bloke, right? Connor Bradley he started to play a few games at right back this season. He did. Um, he got like player of the season out on loan for Bolton last year or something like that. So th- these players either go out and do amazing things on loan in lower leagues, and then you consider putting them in, or they just are, you know, elite talents. And I think he, I think when Yeri out of all the ones I've seen, Lewis Skelly and Matino, if I was to put a bet, and I said it before this game, that Winieri would be the one that I think will have a really good chance of making first-team appearances next season. Maybe not a ton, maybe as much as smith Rose making and Vieira's making. and But that's still... You, you're getting... Some minutes off the bench, you're playing in the Carling Cup, you're playing in the FA Cup. That'd be huge for a 16, 17-year-old, wouldn't it? I mean, that'd be massive. And I saw Arteta go over to him after. And hopefully that 15 minutes gives him a real sort of confidence that he's in the right place and stuff like that. Because I think we're going to lose a few. I think we'll lose raw, Raw Waters. He hasn't signed a contract. His contract's up in the summer. He's 18, 19. He's not getting in ahead of Cedric currently. I think we'll sell him. That's crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, why are you playing Yeah, that
0: was crazy. You brought Cedric on again, didn't you?
1: Right. And other people have made the argument that, well, we we could play Cedric this season if we get a few injuries. And I'm like, yeah, but we won't. We won't. If we get a few injuries, we'll we'll drop Declan Rice back into centre back and do something like that. We won't play Cedric, like not unless it's absolutely catastrophic. So you're not playing him for that reason. You're playing him because you probably know that was isn't part of the future. I would, be, or you don't mm, want yeah. him to be. Maybe he's not good appear. enough. Because mm. because he would be one that I would have started against PSV because at that time we had a lot of fallback issues, yes. and that was the one I was like, that's weird. We've not started him there, and he didn't mm. even get on, did he? I don't think. Um, no.
0: So I none think of them did. Did. none of them yeah. did.
1: No, no. So I think when Yeri is 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 the next um the next special talent. I think coming from. I uh, I think so. he's got to be. If he's 16. He's already a bunks. But I thought he looked great. Looked great on the ball. Yeah. Really comfortable. You know, he looks looks really really good. Um, but overall, Neil, fantastic win. Really brilliant. What are your? We got Burnley next. Burnley away. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, I watched Burnley against Liverpool. And I know Liverpool flat to deceive all the time, but Burley had some massive chances. And I don't know, I looked at the XG and it was completely wrong, because I was like, Burley had three or four massive chances in that game, and I don't know how the... They, they, Liverpool obviously had a lot of chances and won the game, but they should have scored more than one for sure, and they've got this new player for Farno who's pretty dangerous and tricky. But, Neil, we've got to go to places like Burley and win. What is your prediction? It's a 3pm game on Saturday, and hopefully... We've got one or two players back, maybe Tommy Asu, maybe Jesus. Uh, I'm not thinking anyone else is going to be back beyond that, to be honest. It's uh,
0: it's always hard. I think I think any. I'm I'm under no illusion that any team we play is a difficult one. For some reason, every team wants to beat us, and we're just one of those teams. And everyone wants to, so they're going to be a tough team to play. I'm not. I'm I'm not concerned if it's the same team. I think we're, we're, we're. we're playing brilliantly. So if there are some injuries and we can't bring anyone else in, same team, same bench, whatever, fine. We've done the job. We have done, worked against West Ham. Um, I, I, I think they are going to be difficult, but we've got the wind and the sails at the moment. And I, and I, and I, and I'm not saying it because I always say we're going to win. I truly believe that we've got the momentum behind us. I think we'll, I think we'll do all right. I'm actually going to stick my neck out. Because normally with away games, I'd, I'd say we're going to concede one goal. I think we're defensively solid. And I think we're going to win 3-0. And yeah, I think we're going to win 3-0. I think we're going to keep the goal, goal rolling, the goal scoring uh, continuation going. And I think um, who will score? I want to give Martinelli a, a goal. I think, I think um, we need to see Martinelli score. So I think Saka's back. They want to get Martinelli back in the, the goal-scoring yeah, realm. Go. So let's get yeah. Martinelli 3-0 Burnley. And just a quick one. I want to just quickly say one thing. Um, you know, Champions League, this is like a new start for us in the Champions League, Jack. Yes, we did that amazing run with Wenger, which broke all records. I think, what, 20, 21 consecutive appearances, whatnot. But this is almost like new again. We've got a new manager and it's almost new to us. And haven't we? No one's, I don't think no one has spoken about this. We've done really well. This is our first stint back in the Champions League for a long, long time under a new manager, new players, and we completely bossed the group stages. I don't think... I'm thinking now Man City, yes, they won it last season, it took them a few seasons to get anywhere near to winning it. And didn't they struggle in the first few seasons? I don't even remember them coming out of the group stage in the first couple. Could be wrong. So I'm not, I don't really look at other teams too much. But we've done written comparison. If you want to compare Arteta and Pep, which I don't like doing, but a lot of people do do that, we've had a far more successful start under Arteta in the Champions League than Pep has. So this is something to bear in mind. But anyway, just want to explain that point.
1: Yeah. Well, you make a good point as well because, you know, we'll the squad and the line-up have that in mind because, you know, obviously midweek games are starting a game for us and we're away on the first leg, I believe. So, will he have that in mind? What the hope is, is he has the likes of Tommy Asu and Jorginho, who was on the bench, but he couldn't really call upon him because he, had, he hadn't trained all week, apparently. So hopefully Tommy Asu's fit, Jorginho's fit. Hopefully, I think it's unlikely, but we, we can see Jesus. Um, and, and, you know, if you're sitting on the bench, great. And you know, they, they have the possibility to start, in the Champions League game because we we need to rotate two or three um, in, in those games. Typically top teams will rotate two or three and the squad against um, West Ham didn't really have the numbers to do that. So so hopefully we've got two or three back because we do have too many players out at this point. It's kind of ridiculous. So yeah, but 3-0 fantastic. I'll go... I'll go, um, Burnley always won. I mean, you know, you remember the Sean Deitch, Burnley sort of teams, and we always struggled there as well. So, and then you've got Vincent Company now, and obviously he's ex city. So, but, um, I'll go, I'll go 2 0. I'll go 2 0, really. Yes. I'll, I'll take any win, though, but I'll go 2 0, I'll go good. Odegaard.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Odegaard, but. Can, you, can I also just say, that Champions League is important. Of course, we all want to win it. It's one, one trophy that eludes us as a club. Um, but for me, the priority still has to be the prem. I think we, we should not make any sacrifices. We couldn't. We shouldn't think it's only Burnley and make sacrifices because we've got the Champions League. I think no, don't do that. You've got to prioritize, prioritize the prem because, as you said earlier, it's too. It's, even drawing now is 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 not good enough because City and Liverpool are so bloody clinical. We yeah. cannot drop points anywhere, and I, and I just feel I still would always say if someone said to me. Choice between Champions League and Prem. I, I still always go for Prem, even though we haven't won the Champions League. Oh, because wait, for me, wait. the Prem is just. It's, it's just some of the best also, team in it. Absolutely. 38 game. games. You're the best over 38 games. The Champions League, as glamorous and as amazing and as big as it is, and all the like romance with it, is still a cup competition when all is said and done. And I just feel that the Premiership. It's just this, it's, it's just an outstanding certificate of achievement for a whole entire season. Yeah. And for me, we've got to prioritise the prem. We've got to. We cannot slip up at all. We've already, as I said, we've already lost those four games. We don't want to lose more, too many more. We have to make sure we prioritise the prem. So that's how I would say it. Unless, unless it gets to the point where we, we get through even further, make more progression. But you know what? I still think we'll be fine for both games. I do believe it. I think we'll come away with something against against them as well because I don't think it's the it's the worst tie in the world and I and I just feel that we've got enough about us I'm not saying we will win uh, with you know a stampede or anything like that but I think we'll come away with something yeah. and we'll be alright for the return they go home yeah so, fingers crossed, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, it's hard it's hard in the pre- I mean I don't like you I don't look too far ahead in fixtures but I know we, we've got a lot of the top 10 to play away from home in fairness West Ham were one of them we got those out of the way we've still got to go to United. We've still got to go to Spurs. We've still got to go to City. We've still got to go to Brighton, I believe, you know, um, and there's one or two others in there as well. And obviously, you know, Liverpool and City have got tough games too. Um, but Liverpool play City before we play City. I know that much. So, you know, th- th- there's there's games to come where, where, where teams will drop points. You just, You've got to try to make... Just focus on your own results, really, yeah. It just beat beat Burnley and then it, and then it's a good weekend again because, you know... Um, we, we had the hardest fixture this weekend, to, to be honest. I mean, I know City played Everton at home. You expect them to win that. And they actually struggled for long periods in that game. I know it looked comfortable in the end, but I watched it. And uh, I swear to you, they barely created a thing before the 60th minute. Um, and then it looked comfortable, but... They really did struggle to create something before the 60th, and that wasn't intentional. And like I said with the Liverpool game, um, they had a lot of injuries too. In fairness the Liverpool, but 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 it was very topsy-turvy. It was 1-1, but it should have. Been, you know, they could have easily gone into the lead, Burnley. Um, it was it was really kind of like back and forth as well. But they, the, the crazy thing with Liverpool is I've watched that almost all season with them. And that's what I said going into the Liverpool game. I went, they concede a hell of a lot of chances in comparison to us, but they have cheat codes to get them away with it, like Allison and mm. Van Dijk and stuff like that. But Van Dijk has looked not just against us, in fairness. Um, he has looked sloppy in the last three or four games and i'm sure he'll clean it up because he's a top top center back but if you watch against chelsea it was his fault their goal i know they won 4-1 against us it was his fault if you watch this game um the goal wasn't his fault but two of the chances were his fault that they should have definitely scored from especially the first one in the first half he got absolutely rinsed on and um, i was watching it going huh that was interesting. Like I said, I thought I think he's he's him alongside Saliba are the two best centre backs in the league. But I think Gabriel isn't far behind, to be honest. But um, yeah, good. but yeah, like you said, there's just so 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 little room for error. But. You can only take care of yourselves. And at the moment, we're doing that. So let's hope we do that again this weekend. If there were internet issues on this, I think for about five minutes, it looked a bit dodgy. And then from my end, it looked clean. So hopefully it looks clean on everyone's end and it doesn't look too bad. There might be one or two stuttering moments. Apologies for that. We're at Purely Arsenal FP on Twitter. Purely Arsenal, subscribe to us on YouTube. Just type in Purely Arsenal and you can see our video podcast there a little bit earlier. But if you want to look for us and uh, ask us any questions just go to Twitter purely Arsenal FP Um, we are there Neil thank you so much
0: up the Arsenal
1: uh, always brilliant chatting to you about it we're doing fantastic at the moment it's a joy to talk about so hopefully more the same when we chat next week up the Arsenal fingers crossed